Today's scripture reading is from Psalms, chapter 147, verses 1 through 11, and then 20c. Alleluia! How good it is to praise our God! How pleasant and how fitting to sing God's praise! Adonai rebuilds Jerusalem and gathers Israel's exiles. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God knows the number of the stars and calls each one by name. Great is Adonai and mighty in power. There is no limit to God's wisdom. Adonai lifts up the oppressed and casts the corrupt to the ground. Sing to our God with thanksgiving. Sing praise with the heart to our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who provides rain for the earth, who makes grass sprout on the mountains and herbs for the service of the people, who gives food to the cattle and to the young ravens when they cry. God does not thrill to the strength of the horse or revel in the fleetness of humans. Adonai delights in those who worship with reverence and put their hope in divine love. Alleluia. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Hi, friends. I want to tell you about the psalm that this next song comes from. It comes from Psalm 147, in which God is celebrated, God is praised, and the people are grateful for this God. Why? Because this God is rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. God is healing broken hearts. God is sending generous rain to the fields. God is compassionate and full of justice for everyone. There's a sense of celebration. The first word in Psalm 147 is hallelujah, which means praise to our covenant God. I wanna teach you a Hebrew word that's important in this song. It means to wait and hope and stay. To wait and hope and stay and the and the word is yachal try saying yachal with me yachal yeah and what does it mean again it means to wait and hope and stay it means not only to have patience but to look forward to anticipate that good things are coming and sometimes that is the life of faith staying waiting hoping trusting that God is with us. Yachal. Yachal, Yachal, we wait and hope. Yachal, Yachal, we stay. Yachal, Yachal, we trust your love. Oh, Yachel, Yachel, we wait and hope. Yachel, Yachel, we stay. Yachel, Yachel, we trust your love. Oh, lie, Rebuilding from the ruins. Hearts, counting the stars, 
and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our strength and our salvation. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. So I brilliantly decided to use a different device this morning, and it's giving me a hard time. <laughs> so let's hope that we can get through this. <sighs> we wait, we hope, we stay. Isn't it amazing that all three of those concepts are, are part of that one word that Richard has just taught us, yakal. We wait, and waiting is central to our Advent story. It is central to that time of waiting when we are thinking that that Messiah will come. 
when those people of old were waiting for their Savior to come and set them free. Many of us are waiting for things in our lives. Maybe we're in difficult circumstances and are waiting for some solution. So many of us are waiting for an end to COVID, praying that life will return to what we knew as normal. I know that you're experiencing the stress of this time, and while we cannot gather together in person, I know that there is good that is happening even in the midst of this. We want that time to return when we can hug our friends without a mask or even sing in church. This time of COVID has been a time of loss of our way of life, and we are all grieving. And as I talk with many of you, I hear that you are waiting patiently, hopefully, and I am encouraged that many of us are hopeful as we hear that COVID hospitalizations are at their lowest since October, that vaccinations for younger children are getting closer to reality, and that new medications look promising. We are hopeful in our waiting, and hope is at the core of our faith. We are people who hope even in the most desperate of times because we know that love prevails. We know that because of our relationships with family and friends that support us through those times, we know love prevails because when we are in prayer, we can feel that love of God that assures us through those hard times. The Psalms that we have been studying in this New Year series have been songs of praise to God, the God who loves us, and songs that speak to God's amazing grace. And in this particular Psalm, Psalm 147 this morning, the singer leads us in songs of praise of the God who rebuilds and gathers and heals. The psalmist shares awe that God knows the number of stars and calls each one by name, is mighty in power with no limit to God's wisdom. We pray our God of justice. We praise that God who lifts up the oppressed and casts the corrupt to the ground. Our God not only cares for humankind, but also provides rain for the earth makes grass sprout on the mountains and herbs for the service of the people. We praise that God who gives food to the cattle and to the young ravens when they cry. This wonderful song is one of the last five psalms that each proclaim that hallelujah in praise to God, which is the purpose of our worship. It's the purpose of our time here together on Sunday mornings, our prayers, our scripture, our hymns, our sermon, our financial offering, all of our musical offerings, and our very presence here, virtually and in person, as we lift our hearts in a joyous hallelujah for all God has done and is doing in our lives. The third point of our sermon title, We Stay, is the one that's most intriguing to me. Richard Bruxford Culligan, who you just saw in the video, taught us to say that Hebrew word, yachal, which is translated in the last part of today's reading, that part that reads, God does not thrill to the strength of the horse or revel in the fleetness of humans. Adonai delights in those who worship with reverence and put their hope in divine love. <laughs> 
Do you hear that? God isn't thrilled with humans who flee, but delights in those who worship reverently and hope in divine love. Thinking about God and humans who potentially flee points to God's covenant with us through Jesus Christ, who proved to us that no matter what we do, even to killing him and putting him on a cross, God will still love us. God will still forgive us. That idea of fleeing also points to the commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. I remember as a young Sunday school teacher of the littlest ones explaining that as keeping our promises to those precious little children. I pointed to things like God's rainbow in the story of Noah's Ark or my wedding ring to show them symbols of a promise in the world. Promises, covenant, loyalty, dedication, devotion, fidelity, These are important words in our faith and in our culture, in our daily living. They demonstrate our commitment to our relationships with God, with the church, and with each other. The importance of our loyalty and dedication cannot be overstated. And yet, too often, we humans demonstrate that fleetness that God does not revel in. I believe fidelity to be one of my greatest gifts. I enjoy being loyal. It pervades my marriage, my work as your pastor, my covenant with the New England Conference as an ordained elder, and even my rule-abiding, compliant nature when it comes to things like physical therapy. I always do the exercises just as they're masked to do. I'm the person who does all those things, the person who buys a new car and drives it for 15 years until it's kaput. But we fail to cherish our relationships. We let them languish, expecting them to sustain themselves, even when we pour our time and energy into other things, like our work or our hobbies. We fail to set aside time to demonstrate our love within those relationships, those friendships. We fail to appreciate our jobs. We are all too ready to jump to the next opportunity for more money and more prestige. And what about church? Do we truly live into our membership? Do we truly live into those vows we made to support Wesley with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness? Do we pray regularly, seeking to bring ourselves closer to God, spending quality time in relationship with the divine? Do we worship regularly, present virtually or in person? giving praise and singing hallelujah to the one who created the world? Do we give regularly of our time, our talents, our material possessions, so that together we may offer healing and hope to those in the conquered community and beyond? Do we serve regularly in mission and ministry, humbling ourselves and honoring others by giving them the better seat? And do we ever witness? Do we ever share our faith? Or are we too reticent, too stuck in Yankee shyness, or leave, it, leave each other aloneness? Or are we fearful of looking like others who call themselves evangel- evangelical but come on way too strong? Witnessing is part of our covenant, our membership vow. That's part of what we're dedicated to. We have promised to share the good news of God's grace and forgiveness through our lives and our words. 
Each of these five membership vows serves as a purpose to rebuild, to build, to edify the church, to demonstrate our devotion to the church, to foster our relationships with each other and God. When I first came here to Wesley, almost three years ago now, I was delighted to learn that you were working hard to demonstrate inclusivity for people of all races, identities, sexual preferences, abilities, economic status. Those of you who attended annual conference last year and saw some churches and some pastors who cannot stay within the United Methodist Church because of damage done to LGBTQ individuals. I believe in working within our system, so I was glad that you seem to have made that commitment to stay, to work within our system to bring about change, to transform the world, as we are called to do in our United Methodist Mission Statement. In years past, Wesley's members have drafted petitions to bring change in the church, and even while the worldwide movement is still in turmoil, we are staying, living into the reality of God's inclusive love here every day. It may have become so commonplace you don't see it anymore, but I do. I see those flags on our buildings and those statements on our website. We are standing proudly for the transformation we believe in, even when the worldwide church is taking a while to catch up. When I talk with prospective staff members, when I'm interviewing people who might work here, or talking with people who might use our building, I always explicitly share our inclusive stand and ask them if they can be on board with that, that before I even offer a job or offer a space. I think that that is one of the most important ways that we share, that we expect others to share those values or to live into those values. This is a deeply held commitment here of Wesley, a promise to be inclusive, dedicating ourselves to educating others about the love of God for all. Our commitments to our family and friends, our jobs and our church, lived out through the time and energy we spend on our relationships with them, build them up and we stay. We stay so that we can build each other up and encourage each other. We hope. We have confidence that true love will see us through this difficult time and bring us into a new and better future. We wait. Because God is holding your life. God is holding the life of this church. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen. Thank you.